Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. But we will start the show off today talking about the Grizzlies' uh, last two games that they played. The Grizzlies played uh, two games since the last time we talked. That was a home game against the Minnesota Timberwolves. I was in the building for that game, had uh, Rob Fisher seats. Rob Fisher, of course, is a sideline reporter for the Memphis Grizzlies. I was sitting VIP, looking important, uh, enjoying that that experience. Uh, Then they they played again Sunday against the Washington Wizards, took an L. I came in prepared to go on a massive rant today about how I'm not a fan of disrespecting the game and, and resting guys when you don't particularly need to rest them. Um, but, but judging by the latest, um, uh, 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 not progress report, I got school in my mind, the latest injury report saying that, uh, that uh, Desmond Bain is listed as doubtful, I think? Yes, doubtful. Yeah, with him being listed as doubtful, that means that there probably was a legit injury with Desmond Bain. So my rant will not happen. You guys were about to hear the first Anthony Sane rant here on grind season, but you will not hear that today uh, based on updated information. You can only go by what the last thing you heard, Jason. So I'm going to back off of that. So what were your thoughts on the two games, uh, the, the one win, the one loss uh, that the Grizzlies suffered since the last time – I mean, had since the last time we, we talked? Well, we talked about, you know, Friday night. You were there saying I got a chance to go as well. Wasn't sitting VIP mm-hmm. like you, but got I a chance VIP, to be yeah. up close shout and personal. Yeah, shout out to, to Brother Fisher, uh, Fish Nation, by the way. No, man, it was uh, – it was. I thought the statement game that we went into that game last mm-hmm. week saying, okay, this is probably the way the Grizzlies are looking at this. I mean, j- just just look at afterwards in the postgame interview where you got them all in front of – you know, in front of the cameras dancing and everything else. Ja mm-hmm. Morant, you know, from everything from the from the from the from the arm muscle uh motions to everything else that Going night. The door and, and, it, you know. it was it was all about again, we're here to make a statement. You guys went out and got Rudy Gobert this offseason, you're still beneath us. That was the vibe all night long on mm-hmm. a night where again they debuted those city edition jerseys saying they look good in those things, you know. I thought mm-hmm. that that was obviously an extra little bit of energy there at the at the beginning of that game. And no, nah, man, all the way around. You know, I thought Memphis controlled the game for the most part. Desmond Bain put it away in the fourth quarter again. We're getting used to that. The fact that it can either be Ja or Bain in fourth quarters closing teams out. Um, you got a little bit of everything in that game. And, again, it was that statement to Minnesota that, no, nah, we're not going to be the thing that fixes y'all. You know, and after a great right. first half, and there was 21 points, just seven in the second half. It was a lot more of that lack of a pecking order mm-hmm. that, that we talked about from Minnesota. Right. and. And with the Grizzlies, it's the exact opposite. They know who their guys were. So on a night where John Moran had 28-10 and 8, no look behind the back passes on fast breaks to Brandon Clark, um, the Grizzlies just looked like that team that 
that on, on, on Friday night when they're whole, and again, this was minus Jaron Jackson, can beat anybody in the league. I know it was Minnesota, but that's a that's a Grizz that's a Grizz team that you see saying that defense still coming around. They're up to number yeah, twenty one. It's yeah. been a slow climb up. And and again, I thought the second half you saw some of that defense. So yeah, I, I take more out of that certainly than I do out of a loss to, to Washington where you don't yeah. have John Bain. What about you? Yeah, man, I think that um, it's kind of one of those situations where you get amped up for a fight. But the other guy doesn't want to fight, or it's just something ain't right, you know. What I mean? <laughs> and then you kind of lose your your well edge. That's how yeah. I felt from the stands. The Grizzlies didn't feel that way because they came out super amped up, like like we said. Ja was talking plenty of shit on the court. He was pointing when 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 Cat got his third foul in the first half. He pointed, go sit down, yep. uh, go take you a seat. He got the crowd into it the whole game, and it really felt like they were like they saw a sitting duck on, on the field on the court. Because man, that that Wolves team I saw Friday. I've seen like highlights of them or like bleep, uh, blooper reels and things like that and shacking the fool of them. But actually watching that team for four quarters, man, that is not the same team that we had a classic battle with in the playoffs. It just, mm -hmm. it was not, man. No, no leaders, man. They don't man, know who it's, the leader it's not is. Just, it's not just the leader. Your goons are gone, man. Like they're not tough anymore. Like at least last year, they were a team that lacked leadership, but you had a lot of just dirty, like nasty, grimy, Hard-nosed guys on the team. You had Jerry Vanderbilt. You had Malik Beasley, who's a hard-nosed guy. The brother served some 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 legal time. You know he's the brother. They got locked up or something, right? Like when he when something going on him, you had him out there. I don't there. remember Beasley. Yeah, yeah, some kind of legal stuff going on. Uh, you had Patrick Beverly, who you know is a is a madman. The picture of him like literally being around KD's waistline down there <laughs> guarding him is <laughs> epic. I don't know if y'all see that that picture that's around. But you had those three guys on the team last year, and they're just not there anymore. And they're just not the same team, man. Those guys brought an edge. They brought a toughness. And quite frankly, they brought a lot of intimidation to this Memphis Grizzlies team last year. There were, there were moments last year where we it looked like we weren't ready to answer the bell. If, if you're going to make a Rocky analogy, they kind of had like an, a, a, a Clubber Lang type vibe to them where they kind of they kind of got under the skins and, and kind of, you know, showed some of our team's deficiencies in certain areas. And, and they also put a, put, a, put a battery in the back of a lot of guys. Uh, McDaniels. That kid didn't look the same. He was talking plenty of shit last year in the playoffs. He was quiet as a church mouse uh, Friday night because you don't have those guys, those enforcers, those hard-nosed guys that they had last year. And that Minnesota team is just isn't the same. Like I said, their pecking order is extremely weird, like we talked about on your show and on the podcast last week. If, you if, if D'Angelo Russell is not the best player on your team, he's still the point guard. He, if, if, and he should identify, okay, I'm not the best player on this team, but I'm about to tell y'all who he is. It's that kid with the, with the uh the six foot six can score over anywhere on the on the court can dribble pass and shoot. Anthony Edwards, he's the best player on this team. It's my job to make the rest of y'all clowns know that he's the best player on this team, and he's not doing it. He probably thinks in his head he's the best player on the team. He's like, I'm an all star. How many all star games Anthony Edwards been in? And I guarantee you that type of stuff is going through his head. That team has a clear lack of leadership, clear lack of a pecking order, and we saw it. But I'm excited because I was talking plenty of shit and I felt good watching us beat the hell out of Minnesota Friday night. No, you can, you can be the toughest team in the NBA, but when you've got a guy like D'Angelo Russell, mm -hmm. you know, scoring four points in that game, going yeah, over four from three, two of eight from the floor. I think he had three turnovers in that game saying they're, mm -hmm. they're, it, it just doesn't seem like there's a game plan. Back to your point for D'Angelo mm -hmm. Russell, recognize that, hey, man, we need to wrap this thing about Anthony Edwards and, and do it. There, there is none of that. You know, it's right. either D'Angelo Russell uh, trying to get his or trying to figure 
out what how they can get some flow to that offense, but he sticks out like a sore thumb. And even Man. even last you talking about last year and how they seem like a different team, you know, he, he, even with him up top, and I think it built still wrong with him in it. He yeah. was better last year, and and yeah. and I just I, I he's like a sixth toe this year for yeah. for them. They they need a point guard. Not that's worried about taking shots on that team. They need a point guard that's getting into Anthony Edwards and feeding it into the post. Like that's his job and to play defense on the other end. That's the kind of guy I feel like that Minnesota team needs now, the way that roster's constructed. And it just, uh, I don't know that there is a fix in the season. Can they be better? Yeah, because I think Anthony Edwards going to settle down eventually and find his flow. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's, that's a hot mess right now, that Minnesota team. Yeah, and imagine like we talked about last week. Imagine if that Minnesota team – had traded all those picks away, traded D'Angelo Russell away, D'Angelo Russell away, and they said, okay, Utah, give us Mike Conley and give us um, Donovan Mitchell. And you go Conley, Mitchell, Edwards, and then you go Carrington Town still at the five, or you keep Vanderbilt or whatever you're doing. I think it would have been, I would have been a little worried <laughs> Friday night. Mm-hmm. I was, like I said, it was like watching, a, it was like watching a dying dog. It was like kicking over a dying dog, man, for real. It was like, you know, putting, putting a dead, a dying dog to sleep. Cause they, that team wasn't the same. And like I said, and they came out and they bullied them. The Grizzlies came out and bullied them, but they just weren't the same. But like you said, man, that Sunday game, um, I don't care. I was a little ticked off at first. Cause I was like, man, why are we, I had this whole rant together. Like, why are we tanking a possible win? When you know now the best you can be is one and one over these two games, where you could have easily, you know, now you have to fight to be one and one. But no, I mean it's just I get it now, and and I'm not gonna say I'm concerned about Bain, but now I have a different level of interest seeing that he's uh, listed as doubtful for Tuesday's game because I thought this was strictly a bullshit like resting thing. They just said well he's got a toe thing, but it's clear there's, there's something going on with his toe. No, I mean, here's the thing about Washington, too. It'd be one thing if they were just sitting there at the bottom of the East. They've won. Actually, yeah. won. Four, I think like this was five, the fourth yeah. straight win. Mm-hmm. They hadn't lost since they lost to the Grizzlies a few weeks back mm-hmm. in Memphis. I think there are a couple games over 500. Porzingis looked good on Sunday hey, night. Porzingis looked good as shit, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that part's fit. And uh, what's the kid? Uh, Denny? Denny Avia. I, yeah, yeah on, man. Yeah, yeah. That brother. I'm starting to sort of see it from him. Yeah, and again, uh-huh. this ain't a Washington love fest, fit love fest, but at least, again, it, it, it's a competent team this year. And again, you're, you're playing without John Moran and Desmond Bain. So at least, at least it's a little bit more palatable uh, because mm-hmm. Washington's playing some pretty decent basketball. And look, the Grizzlies kept it. I mean, it was a game. Oh, yeah, it, was a game. We, it, just, it was a stretch. It looked like we were about to bust them open. But, the did, but I think shot 39% just didn't have the firepower saying yeah. to get over the hump. Mm-hmm. But at least that's a, a Washington team that's playing pretty well. But again, um, I, I think the thing you take away from that game is, okay, Bain still listed as doubtful with the toe. We're talking about probably missing a second consecutive game against mm-hmm. the, the Pelicans. And listen, you don't – with Jaron so close saying – you know, it, it all feels like we're trying to push fast forward to get all these guys back. And then for whatever reason, you got one or another that's going to be out. But hopefully for Bain, this will be the toe will be short lived. Like we said, they were dancing, look pretty jovial after the game on Friday night. Yeah. So hopefully it's not some that turf toe he's yeah. dealing with for, you know, for extended weeks. He can get this thing licked. But right. yeah, man, I, I, I wouldn't take too much else out of that Washington loss other than uh, Washington playing pretty well. And without your, you know, without. Without my God, without Ja Bain and and Jaron Jackson, yeah, yeah. Right, we're, I, 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 I think you feel pretty good about where you're at. I ain't mad at all, especially knowing that Bain was legit hurt. I mean, so it's good. You you 
Jaron got hurt Friday, just a little minor ankle tweak, so you got a chance to rest him. Uh, hopefully, Bain. I, I'd be shocked that Bain doesn't play uh, tomorrow night, but just to see that that injury does seem to be like a real thing. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I'm, it makes me even, you know, I'm cool with with yesterday. I had a rant ready, man, but I see I don't have to use it. Uh, you did say, you know, the Grizzlies do play the Pelicans uh, tomorrow night. National TV game, a rivalry I've been trying to manifest for four years now <laughs> between New Orleans and Memphis. Uh, rivalry that I think should happen. You, they're right down the street. They're one of the closer teams to us uh, geographically. Uh, we all know about the the train ride that a lot of people take from Memphis to New Orleans, which is pretty a pretty dope experience from what I've heard. Uh, they're right down the street. You got Ja versus Zion, two guys that went one and two in the draft. Two southern cities, two of your smaller markets. Uh, I've been I've been manifesting this thing for a while, and I think I think Tuesday could be one of the games that can really get that going. Um, Zion is listed as, uh, I think, questionable for that game. Mm-hmm. You don't know if, if, if Zion's going to play or not. I'd be shocked if he doesn't play. Um, I think that game could be really fun, man. Um, that, that that New Orleans team, McCollum, Ingram, you got JV over there. Uh, Trey Murphy has been off the chain. The guy at the Grizzlies that was slotted. It was picked at the Grizzlies pick, you know, the, the draft the, uh, the draft day trade we had for Zaire uh, Williams. Um, then, of course, uh, this year in the draft, they picked up Dyson Daniels, a kid who I heard the yep. Grizzlies had eyes on. And because of the Lakers being so damn trash last year, that pick went to New Orleans instead of going to us. Um, so, you know, it's, there's a lot of a lot of intrigue, a lot of interest in that in that game tomorrow. I'm worried out of my ass. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> the Pelicans are a team that I was truly afraid of uh, over the years. They, we, they've given us uh, a, a lot of hell, a lot of problems uh, over the years. Uh, I think it's going to be a great game, though. Uh, I think I think that J- Jaron just being back on the court, I don't expect a lot from Jaron. Jaron's probably out of shape, and he's probably going to be extremely rusty. I'm not really expecting a lot from him. I think he could serve a great job as a decoy. Um, I hope people don't really just kind of judge what we see tomorrow, good or bad, as what he is. I think it's still going to take him a while to come in. But what are your thoughts overall on that uh, on that Pelicans game tomorrow? Well, the you know, the thing that strikes me about the Pelicans is ever since they added C.J. McCollum, you know, they go out and get him. You look at that Minnesota team that doesn't have the professionalism and the leadership. That That's what C.J. McCollum brought to that to that Pelicans, you know, to that organization was the professionalism, the idea that we've got to have a pecking order. And, and, and that's the part that scares you. You know, we talked about which one could be more of a statement game, Pelicans or Minnesota. And I think both of us. Uh, are and and rightfully so more concerned with the Pelicans and the way that looks as it's stacking up for the future. Going to have a swap, mm-hmm. another swap with the Lakers coming up. So it's 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 yeah. what CJ McCollum's added. I love Willie Green. Love what he's done. And again, whether you got Zion or not, that team is it it, it it's not all the way there, but it's further along the Minnesota mm-hmm. in, ter- in terms of establishing that pecking order. They got everything you need. You know, I, at yeah, a time man. there was a time yeah. where I doubted a time where I doubted whether you could play Zion and Brandon Ingram on the floor together. And yet having watched them this season for the, for the times that we have, it, it looks like they're trying to get it figured out. I mean, both of yeah. those guys need the ball in their hands, but it looks like there, there, there is a way to work it out. I ain't saying they can win a championship with the two of them together, but I like the way it's headed. And again, CJ McCollum, it's that, it's, it's that kind of professionalism that Minnesota is mm-hmm. lacking. Yeah, and, man. And, and when when they got him, when New Orleans added him, it just it 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 finally got the wheels turning. You know, it mm-hmm. felt like they had been spinning their wheels. The Zion stuff. Who at one point he didn't even look like he wanted to be there. You right. throw C.J. McCollum into the mix. You put in a good coach like Willie Green, mm-hmm. and they've got that thing finally looking formidable. And 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 what you would see is a threat. I mean, looking forward, 
you know, if, if you're talking about the, the, the Grizzlies going forward next four or five years, because you're talking about Jaren's 23, Jaws 23, it's it's teams like the Pelicans, you know, Dallas because of Luka that you figure are going to be the ones over the next four or five years that stand to be your biggest rivals. So uh, I'm with you. We sort of been waiting on this to materialize. You probably saying you probably got to have a, a playoff matchup or something to spice it up to a level you know, where it was like Clippers Grizzlies was that rivalry for a while. You got, you know, Minnesota Memphis because of last year was starting to feel like that. But I think at some point, man, over the next few years, because of the fact Zion and Ja just always for their entire careers going to be tied to each other, that part of it too. Um, this is going to be a rivalry for years to come. And yeah, it's the man. kind of rivalry where I think, unlike with Minnesota, in this one, I think you respect your opponent. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah, that's man. where I'm at. This, this thing's coming together. Mm-hmm. Might not happen this season completely, but they're headed down the right track, and that's that's concerning for the Grizzlies. Right. I, I I definitely I definitely agree. That Pelicans team is really built to be really good. We've been the darlings of the NBA, but that Pelicans team, man, they're they're creeping up. And they've been around, you know, a little bit above 500 this year, not being the gangbusters team everybody thought they would be uh, so far. But yeah, I'm I I I, I feel a way about tomorrow because I know we're gonna give maximum effort. So a loss would feel kind of. You know, it'll be kind of humbling if we take a, a nice loss from them. Trey uh, Murphy, guys, uh, I was going to tra- your boy Trey Murphy shooting thirty nine percent from three. Looking yeah, good. Man. Yeah, yeah, he he's 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 good, and he's got nice size. And then Zaire's not playing at all, so you know you 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 you're looking at that draft day transaction uh, once again.